the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Time now for Dr. Health Radio, radio's original health news magazine, bringing you the latest information on medicine, nutrition, fitness and wellness, and now in its 33rd year. Your host of Dr. Health Radio is health expert David Snow, who's not a doctor and While most of David's guests are doctors or authorities in their areas of expertise, they do not diagnose or prescribe on the air. If you have a condition or illness that requires medical attention, see a health professional. The information contained in this program is for educational and entertainment purposes only. And now, your host of Dr. Health Radio, the snowman himself, David Snow. It's the fifth leading cause of death in the U.S., as well as the leading cause of major disability. Women are 44% likely, more likely to have one, and it can happen to both men and women without warning. Talking about stroke, and since May is National Stroke Awareness Month, we are going to have a neurologist on the show today to cover all the ways you can reduce your chances of being a statistic as well as what warning signs and symptoms to look for and be aware of. And uh, if you should ever, or somebody close to you, suffer a stroke, as well as the best treatments available. And uh, most of all, we'll talk a lot about prevention, because prevention is better than detection or treatment, that's for sure. Welcome to the Healthiest Hour on Radio. I am the snowman, David Snow, keeping you cool and healthy, as we do it each and every week at this time here on the program And we thank you so very much for joining us and making us a part of your weekend, which we always hope to make strong and healthy with the information we have for you this morning. Today on the show, Dr. Michael Louie is my guest. He is a neurologist, neuromuscular specialist, as well as the director of the Polymomi Medical Center um, in uh, Iaea, Hawaii. And uh, he'll be with us talking about all things having to do with stroke and prevention risk factors, signs and symptoms, as well as treatments. So um, he'll be with us in just a few short minutes before some news you can use and our regular weekly features. All right, let's go to the diet department. And uh, (laughs) for those of you who like late-night snacking, listen up. It might be easier to diet or just naturally lose weight if you avoid the snacking or just do it a little earlier in the day or in the evening. Skipping late-night snacks, according to experts, helps you slim down for a surprising reason. Scientists at Brigham and Women's uh, Hospital gave identical meals to subjects, but one group ate meals, or each meal, four hours after the first group. Well, the results were that those who ate later had lower levels of leptin, which is your uh, hunger-controlling hormone, for 24 hours after that period. So, um, plus, you know, metabolism slows at night as well. So the later eaters burn fewer calories which increased fat formation. Plus, you don't sleep as well either. So better to uh, take care of your your um, eating or uh, finish your eating at least two or three hours or, or longer before uh, bedtime. 
All right, here's another reason to choose tea over coffee. We already know that tea has the power of lowering blood pressure, and we're going to talk to Dr. Michael Louie about how to lower and keep your blood pressure in a safe range to avoid stroke and other cardiovascular disease. But um, as far as uh, this goes, this study, uh, Canadian scientists say it can prevent a dangerous heart condition as well. Participants who drank two to six cups of black tea daily had up to a 42% lower risk of abdominal aortic calcification, which uh, occurs when the abdominal aorta, that's the largest artery in the body, hardens, and that increases your risk of heart disease and stroke. And uh, these plant compounds in tea help to widen the arteries and blood vessels and improve blood flow, as well as warding off that calcification. So um, tea, even better for you than coffee. All right, in matters of oral health, uh, foods that ward off bad breath. We talked about probiotics last week. Well, you know, of course, mint is kind of the go-to, right, to freshen your breath. But now research from the British Medical Journal finds that fermented, probiotic-rich foods can also help. Uh, Subjects who ate things like yogurt, miso soup, sourdough bread, and other uh, foods took or took a probiotic supplement reduce their volatile sulfur compounds, that's the bacteria that causes bad breath, by up to 77%. And that's because probiotics slow the breakdown of the amino acids in the mouth that process or uh, that produce these sulfur compounds. So that's good news. We don't want to have (laughs) halitosis. And, uh, you know, I I was thinking of um, one of my former um, indoor air quality uh, shows uh, some time ago, and um, I call it uh, having houseitosis if you're uh, if you have uh, stale indoor air. All right, uh, elsewhere on the calendar here. Uh, first uh, today was the uh, or is the anniversary of the first electric razor patented back in 1930. Jacko Schick, you know the Schick brand of razors. Uh, he was a patent uh, awarded a patent for a dry shaving machine. <laughs> well, you know. That uh, can be healthy or not so healthy, depending on what you shave and where you shave. (laughs) But that's another program. All right, today is also National Hummus Day, not humus. That's for you organic gardeners out there. Hummus, for those of you who like Mideastern food, uh, it originates from that part of the world and has been around since at least the 13th century. Main ingredients, uh, chickpeas, also called uh, garbanzo beans, and then that's combined with tahini, which is ground sesame seeds, and then some olive oil, garlic, and lemon juice, as well as herb and spices for added taste. And uh, it's a good thing. It's a good uh, nutritious food, as long as you don't uh, overdo it on the uh, on the fats. All right, tonight, uh, for you night owls, uh, <laughs> maybe you already do this, but tonight is, you have my permission, it's stay up all night night, May 13th, uh, annually the second Saturday in May. Night when people are encouraged to stay awake through the night, reliving the excitement of staying up late as a child. And remember to listen to our evening broadcast tonight if you're staying up late, uh, 12 hours from the time you're listening to it in the morning show on the station you're listening to right now. And of course, today or uh, tomorrow, rather, uh, today being Mother's Day weekend, tomorrow is actually Mother's Day, first observed in 1907. Congress uh, passed legislation in 1914 designated the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. Where would we be without mothers? We wouldn't be here. That's that's for sure. All right. Uh, let's see elsewhere in the news. Oh, for you 
you uh, Americans, 89%, I think, of uh, Americans that consume caffeine, you know, coffee is usually something to put inside people, right? Well, what about putting it on people, onto people? Scientists use it to make cosmetics as well, including, um, uh, this is from Brazil's Federal University. They did a worldwide search for every patent that applies coffee to that purpose. They found patents for producing things like emulsions, gels, powders, aerosols, sticks, creams, lotions, (laughs) ointments, shampoos, serums, masks, and sprays to the skin and scalp, uh, or even the lips. And uh, most of the new patents are either from China or South Korea. One, a cream that can reduce lip wrinkles. Another that suppresses the generation of senile body odor. (laughs) I guess not to be confused with uh, youthful body odor. And one that prevents hair loss and promotes hair. Although Brazil is the largest coffee producer worldwide, none of these patents come from Brazil, ironically. Most of them are from China. Coffee cosmetics. All right. Well, so much for that. Uh, let's go to the fitness file. All right. Hot versus cold. Which is better to enhance your level of fitness? Well, there's heat therapy. You know, the saunas uh, that are very therapeutic. Uh, 160 uh, degrees or higher. Uh, that, those, that's the uh, temperature that's deemed effective for at least 15 minutes. And Finnish researchers found that a post-gym sauna can aid muscle growth. The heat boosts circulation, turbocharges the delivery of oxygen to muscle cells, so for muscle gains. Uh, but on the cold side of things, cold weather training may not give you extra gains, but study did show improvements in muscle performance during winter compared with summer. And you've heard of these cryogenic chambers or the cryotherapy. Uh, okay, back to, to the uh, hot side of things. Researchers at the University of Eastern Finland found that men who use a sauna a few times a week have a lower risk of developing dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Whereas cold water swimming brings holistic health benefits. Low temperatures increase production of lymphocytes. That helps to fight off disease and boost your immune system. And then... Uh, Back to hot and heat therapy in another study for sauna lovers in Finland. Researchers found that 30 minutes in a sauna that uses infrared light helps uh, defeat, well, uh, things like uh, fatigue and uh, muscle uh, weakness and so on after a strength session, whereas a review of studies found that cryotherapy eases inflammation as well as muscle damage and pain. Even 15 minutes in an ice bath will improve your endurance next time out. So the verdict, although both hot and cold therapy, uh, you know, there are are, uh, benefits to both, but hot wins in this particular uh, study, uh, they say for heart uh, heart, uh, health as well as muscle gains and longevity, uh, that's their hot take. All right. So, but no, not to uh, discount the cold either. All right. In matters of sexual health. Uh, I'm just uh, reviewing, this is uh, a review or a a study we brought you last month from the Journal of Sexual Medicine on ED increasing stroke risks. Today is is our focus of discussion, stroke with Dr. Michael Louie in just a few minutes. Uh, Several large-scale population health studies found that erectile dysfunction is an important early warning sign for both heart attack and cardiovascular disease. Uh, This was a Taiwanese scientist on five-year studies showed a Let's see, about a 15%, uh, 15% of the men, oh yeah, with ED had a stroke 
versus less than 10% of men uh, without ED. Uh, and then men with ED also had a greater risk of death from all causes. So we'll review that with Dr. Michael Louie in a few minutes. All right, and uh, let's see. We have one more article before we get to the Funny Bone Pharmacy. Some changing life trends. You know, we Americans are living longer, but are we any healthier? Well, I remember, um, you know, I've been doing this show over 30 years, 33 years to exact. And um, I remember uh, reporting the average age uh, or average weight, rather, and height of uh, men and women back when I first started the show. Is uh, what was it? One seventy-two, five foot nine for men. I think it was one thirty-six or one forty-six, uh, and five foot four for women. Five foot three and a half, something like that. Now it's uh, it's still five foot nine, but now <laughs> men are two hundred pounds, one hundred ninety-nine point eight. So rounded off to two hundred. And uh, women are 170.8 pounds and still 5 foot 3.5 inches tall. Uh, and the average, so the average man is 30 pounds heavier than he was in the 1960s. And uh, average woman added 7 pounds just in the last 15 years and 30 pounds since the early 70s. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's all lifestyle. And uh, <laughs> you just go to your high school reunions and you'll see this. In fact, uh, every 10 years I've gone to mine and uh, it, it inevitably never fails where people will come up to me, wow, David, you lost weight. What, well, you know, are you okay? And so I, I'm exactly the same weight as when I graduated from high school <laughs> or a few pounds less actually. And uh, it's just that they gained, you know, five, 10, 20 pounds more. So of course I look uh, thinner. But anyway, we Americans are eating more than ever before. And uh, the USDA and the United Nations estimates that the average American consumes 18 to 24 percent more calories than we did in the 1960s and 70s. And uh, part of this is the boom in in meat consumption. The average American was expected to consume 224 pounds of red meat and poultry in 2022, compared with 138 pounds in the 1950s. And a lot of that goes, uh, a lot of that is uh, from fast food because We eat over 50% of our meals now outside the house. At the same time, the average American now gets just 2.5% of their daily calories from the healthiest foods, and that is vegetables. Um, And uh, rather than home-cooked meals, 57.9% of our calories now come from ultra-processed foods. So that's pretty bad. A recent uh, National Institutes of Health trial found that eating processed foods for just two weeks resulted in two pounds of weight gain. So that doesn't sound like much, but over a year, you know, you're gaining uh, many, many pounds of... uh, Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox here, and let's go to the Funny Bone Pharmacy. And we'll get our guest on the line as well. All right. um, Okay, let's see what Maxine, that crabby cartoon character, has to say about aging. She says, if I went back to school at my age, the three R's would be reading, writing, and arrhythmia. (laughs) That's a good one. She also says, I cook with wine. At least half of it makes it into the food, I think. (laughs) And speaking of wine, uh, she says, I bought a new refrigerator with a water dispenser in the door. Now I just need to hook it up to my box of wine. (laughs) Oh, boy. And, uh, oh, okay, and since we're uh, talking about, um, well, we'll be talking about diagnostic techniques uh, as far as uh, stroke indicators but a lighter side of the uh, few medical marbles, marvels that we have, EKG machine provided doctors with visual display of patient's heartbeat. 
A flatlining EKG was often an excellent indication that a televised medical drama was about to take a commercial break. <laughs> yes, we'll keep you on suspense, so you'll keep watching through or after the commercials. An MRI machine, magnetic resonance imaging, of course, uh, it gives doctors an accurate view of the inside of our bodies, stopping them from having to shrink themselves down into s- tiny spaceships and inject themselves into our bloodstream. Remember that uh, fantastic Voyage movie. And finally, with this being Mother's Day, and uh, we uh, think we're giving, getting our guest on the line right now. Um, let's see. This is a marital counseling workshop. <laughs> While attending a marriage seminar on communication, a husband and wife listen to the instructor declare, it is essential that husbands and wives know the things that are important to each other. He addressed the man. Can you describe your wife's favorite flower? The man leaned over, touched his wife on the arm, and gently whispered, oh, Pillsbury all-purpose, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think that's the kind of flower the therapist had in mind. All right, that's it for the Funny Bone Pharmacy. We'll be back with serious information about stroke prevention, signs and symptoms, treatments, and detection right after this with neurologist Dr. Michael Louie. I'm David Snow here on Dr. Health Radio. Don't go anywhere if you want to stay healthy. How long do you want to be healthy? For the rest of your life, right? So start living healthier today, the Abbey's way, by stopping by Abbey's Health and Nutrition, Tampa's premier natural food store for over 25 years. And besides being healthier, you'll also be smarter about how to stay healthy, since Abbey's slogan is better health through education. So whether it's for their wide selection of natural groceries, fresh organic produce, food supplements, or body care products, if Abbey's doesn't have it, it probably isn't healthy. And while you're shopping at Abby's, why not enjoy a nutritious meal at their in-store Cafe Eden with an organic salad bar, hot soups, freshly made juices, smoothies, and sandwiches, as well as their ever-popular entrees and desserts. Abby's Health and Nutrition, Tampa's health headquarters for over 25 years. Stop by today at 14374 Northdale Mabry Boulevard or go to abbeyshealthfood.com. Although you've heard about superfoods coming from many countries, did you know there's one that's grown right here in the U.S. that's even more potent than most of those foreign superfoods? It's Noni, the superfood thousands of fans rely on for promoting good joint functions, a healthy immune system, and overall health and energy. It's the brand that sets the benchmark for medicinal and nutritional strength. It's Real Noni, grown in Hawaii on the island of Kauai. That's because Real Noni is 100% organic, raw, and non-fermented. And unlike Noni juice, Real Noni is in the form of a fruit leather, making it 14 times more potent than Noni juice with no added sugar. Plus, it's more convenient and cost-effective. Real Noni is a superfood that has 60 times more antioxidants than blueberries. Experience the healing and nourishing power for yourself by going to realnoni.com, where you can also see their line of popular pain-relieving lotions. That's realnoni.com. When it comes to probiotics, why do employees, managers, and owners of health stores recommend and personally take Theralac more than any other brand? Results. Fast results. In fact, Theralac is the fastest-acting medicinal-strength probiotic. With patented stomach acid-resistant delivery, prebiotic stimulation, and guaranteed potency, Theralac restores regularity fast while providing all the long-term benefits of the superior probiotic supplement. 
Don't be fooled by probiotic products that promise higher potencies or more strains of beneficial bacteria. High potency means nothing without delivery, and more strains are not necessarily better. Theralac is optimally formulated for results. Theralac, the high-potency probiotic with guaranteed strength, delivery, and stimulation, supporting your digestion, regularity, and immunity. Theralac, available in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store. For more information, go to Theralac.com. Welcome back to the program. David Snow on your radio. More education equals less medication here on your health information station when you're listening to us in the morning on Saturday or 12 hours from right now or the evening broadcast on the station you're listening to right now. Or you can always go to the website, drhealthradio.com, soon to be a new website, uh, which we'll uh, tell you about a little later in the month. All right. uh, In this segment of the program, neurologist and neuromuscular specialist, Dr. Michael Louie is with us. He is the director of the Polymomy Medical Center uh, Neurology uh, Department or uh, Clinic in IAEA, Hawaii. And he is with us because May is Stroke Awareness Month. And uh, we uh, would like to welcome him to the Dr. Health Radio microphones this morning. Good morning, Dr. Louie. Hello again. And how the health are you? Hi, David. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for uh, being on again. Uh, you're a recurring guest, and I uh, always uh, really look forward to having you on the program because you're such a wealth of information. Now, uh, for those of you, or those of our radio listeners out there in Radio Land that uh, don't exactly know what a stroke is, brain attack, and there's other names for it, uh, but uh, tell us exactly the definition of a stroke and the two types, the two main types of stroke. Yeah, sure. So the more common type of stroke is called an ischemic stroke. Mm-hmm. And this is where a clot occurs in the blood vessel preventing blood flow to the brain. And when parts of the brain don't get the oxygen-rich blood that they need, those brain cells start to die. And there's actually another type of stroke, though, called <clears throat> a hemorrhagic stroke. Hemorrhagic stroke, And this is where the blood vessel ruptures, uh, and this prevents proper blood flow, but also causing pressure on the brain as well. Uh, but knowing which type of stroke it is is really important because the type of treatment for each one is very, very different. Uh, There's another actual variant of a stroke called a TIA or a transient ischemic attack. And this is actually more commonly known as like a mini stroke. Mm -hmm. And this can actually occur when a clot forms, but within 24 hours, that clot goes away, gets unclogged, and then the blood flow can get back to the brain again. And this is actually really important to get checked out because about one in five people who have a suspected TIA will wind up actually having a stroke within 90 days. Within 90 days? Wow. That's interesting. I was going to ask you if if they were more prone to or more susceptible to having a stroke in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's no no question that they... uh, But I didn't know it was that, that soon after the... Uh, the initial mini stroke uh, that that would ha- where it would happen. Now let's let's talk, uh, Doctor Louie, about uh, risk factors. High blood pressure being the number one risk factor for stroke. Uh, can you um, speak to that, please? Definitely. Um, you know, high blood pressure is like the number one preventable cause of stroke, and over a hundred million Americans, like basically nearly half of adults, are living with high blood pressure. And this occurs when like the force of blood flow flowing through the blood vessels is consistently too high. And over time, this can weaken the blood vessels, uh, leading to clots or even causing the blood vessel, as we talked about earlier, to rupture. And left undetected or uncontrolled, high blood pressure can lead to heart attacks, strokes, heart failure, and other multiple health threats as well. And I really like to compare this to our home plumbing system. Um, if you don't take care of your home with those pipes over the years, one day those pipes could clog or even burst. Yeah, that's a, that's a good analogy. Now, 
Uh, if people have high blood pressure, are they more prone to one type of stroke or another uh, or the other? You know, you mentioned the uh, ischemic versus the hemorrhagic. Uh, is there a difference or they're just more prone to uh, stroke in general? Um, I don't know the exact statistics, but I, we do see a lot more ischemic strokes than hemorrhagic. However, I think either one can lead to either scenario. I see. And so it, it really just depends on your risk factors, your family history, um, your, your lifestyle. Um, you know, and so those things can all be factors in all right. determining which kind of stroke you know, it actually causes. Yeah, and since you mentioned lifestyle, I want to ask you about lifestyle medicine, that being you know, kind of the four cornerstones of health, uh, uh, diet, exercise, uh, sleep, uh, stress. Uh, management and things like that. But first, let's let's get into the signs and symptoms of stroke. Uh, I know that uh, the American Stroke Association has the FAST acronym, F-A-S-T. Uh, can you mention what each one stands for, each letter stands for, and let's let's go through that for people that don't know about it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, if someone's having a stroke, they need to get medical attention right away, right? And so the, the most important thing you can do is call 911, because really the the start of the treatment starts in the ambulance with the paramedics. They can determine uh, you know, how, what kind of hospital the patient needs to go to to get emergency treatment. They can contact the hospital to get the teams ready to go. And every minute really counts. And for every minute that passes, probably approximately 2 million brain cells may be lost. So, oh. um, yeah, so this can really mean the difference between having the patient return back, turning back to a normal lifestyle versus facing like a lifetime of disability. And as you mentioned before, the important thing to look for is FAST, S-A-S-T. And F stands for face drooping. So you're basically looking at the person, does one side of the face droop or does it, is it numb? Uh, ask the person to smile, does it look uneven? Uh, A stands for arm weakness. Is one arm weak or numb? Have the person raise both arms. Does one side of the arm start to drift down? S is for speech difficulty. Is the speech sounding slurred? Is a person having difficulty expressing what they're trying to say or understanding what you're saying? Mm. If the, all that above sounds like it's happening, T. T is time to call 911 and get medical attention right away. So it's not necessarily all of them. It can be just one of them or, or, or uh, I mean, if there's more than one, obviously the, the uh, likelihood of a stroke goes up right. and, uh, and you really want to act fast, as you mentioned. Now, I, one though, uh, one thing that I mentioned or I thought of though is when you mentioned face drooping, Bell's palsy comes to mind as far as something that would mimic a stroke. Mm-hmm. How, how would you differentiate that? Yeah, so Bell's palsy basically is a peripheral nerve issue. It means that there's a facial nerve problem in the face. Um, the cause of it, we're not exactly sure. We believe it could be due to a virus uh, or just inflammation to the nerve. However, typically the difference is in Bell's palsy, you have upper and lower facial drooping. Oh. So, so in, in the stroke, you only have the lower face. Ah. So what I mean by that is you mm. can tell the difference by having a person raise their eyebrows. And they have difficulty raising their eyebrows, their, their smile looks a little bit off as well. So basically the whole half of the face looks weak. More than likely it's a Bell's palsy. If it's the lower face only, but they can still raise their eyebrows very symmetrically, um, then that's more likely uh, a stroke actually. Oh, okay, that's a good clarification there. All right, uh, Doc, we need to take a bottom of our station break. And when we come back, I have many more questions for you, including the consequences of st- a stroke 
And then this being Mother's Day, let's talk about women and cardiovascular health. There's some uh, different signs and symptoms that uh, the genders need to look for, as well as uh, we'll get into the treatments, be it uh, medication, surgery, different procedures and therapies. And then uh, lifestyle medicine, the all-important aspect of preventing stroke using diet, exercise, sleep, stress management, and other things that uh, you can do practically, uh, even if you're susceptible to a stroke. Back after this with more information for your gut health here on Dr. Health with my guest, neurologist Dr. Michael Louie. Back after this with more information for your gut health. So stick around if you want to stay healthy. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics. We put the power in probiotics. We were the first to emphasize the importance of postbiotic metabolites in creating and maintaining the biodiversity of flora in the gut microbiome for optimal digestion, gut, brain, immune, and hormonal health. Multi-year fermentation is key in producing the postbiotic metabolites that are found in exceptional probiotics like Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Healthy fruits and vegetables are fermented, resulting in over 500 postbiotic metabolites for optimum digestive and immune support. So don't rely on a simple claim that the product has 50 billion or more CFUs. That is not the hallmark of how to gauge a powerful probiotic. Instead, look for diversity. Look for fermentation. Look for postbiotics. Look for Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are certified vegetarian and free of gluten, allergens, and GMOs. Get Dr. O'Hara's probiotics today at fine health retailers everywhere and online. Stop breathing right now. No, really, hold your breath. This is how it feels when you're stuffed up due to colds, flu, pollen, dander, post-nasal drip, or any other reason. That's when you need Clear Saline Nasal Spray, the only spray with the power of xylitol. That simple saline solution you're using is only doing half the job. It's just rinsing. In multiple research studies, xylitol has been shown to reduce bacterial adhesion and help keep your nose moist and clean much longer than saline alone making Clear more effective at washing away that nasty gunk in your nose. Clear is so powerful, it's been granted over 11 patents. So step up from that wimpy saline spray to something that actually works faster and better at getting you the relief you need to start breathing now. And if your doctor isn't talking to you about Clear for your congestion, maybe you need to get a new doctor. You don't just rinse your hands. Why would you just rinse your nose? Clear saline nasal spray with xylitol. Available at Vitamin Shop, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, as well as Amazon.com. For a complete list of retailers, visit clear.com. That's xlear.com. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. goodness that would be me it is david snow on your radio keeping you cool and healthy it's your weekly dose of verbal vitamins and it is the cure for the common radio show so um thanks for tuning in and making us a part of your weekend if you're just joining us dr michael louis is my guest a neurologist from um the uh polymomi medical center neurology clinic in iaea hawaii and he is with us talking about stroke because may is stroke awareness month Dr. Louie, let's talk about lifestyle medicine uh, being so important to prevent stroke. You know, you went over some of the factors uh, when you addressed high blood pressure being the number one risk factor for stroke. 
Uh, now, diet and exercise is important. Uh, I didn't get to this and the fitness file, which is a feature that we had a little, a little uh, before you came on the program. Uh, but uh, one of my snowisms that I wanted to repeat this week, because it's been a while since we've uh, mentioned it, is you only have to exercise on days that start with the letter T. Do you, can you guess what those are? Let me put you on the spot here. <laughs> uh, uh, today and every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're close. Okay, I'll, I'll give oh, you okay. half a point there. So uh, the, the four days that you start with T, the letter T, uh, that's the only days you have to exercise on. So Tuesday, Thursday, Today and tomorrow. <laughs> so, the tomorrow. So yeah. that is uh, basically every day. You know, if you, I always say that don't uh, only eat on the days you exercise. So if you don't eat, you know, you don't have to exercise that day. But anyway, uh, tell, tell us uh, what you advise your patients to do as far as, um, you know, therapies uh, or lifestyle medicine practices and routines such as diet and exercise. Definitely. Um, so, as we talked about before, you know, high blood pressure is a number, number one risk factor for stroke, but other important risk factors include uh, uncontro- uh, uncontrolled diabetes, uh, obesity, right. mm-hmm. um, your body mass index, uh, you know, weight gain, uh, uh, high sugar levels. These are all risk factors for stroke. And the actually important one, too, is uh, atrial fibrillation, uh-huh. uh, also known as AFib. And That's right. Basically, an irregular heartbeat, and these patients who have AFib are five times more likely Whoa. to have a stroke. Actually, really, um, so it's really important to see your your PCP, have your heart evaluated uh, to look for risk factors for uh, stroke, and a lot of things you can do to prevent stroke. A lot of it's basically education and, like you said, lifestyle changes, uh, mm-hmm. exercising. Uh, I think I agree. It's I think uh, on a daily basis, if possible, and not just one or three times a week. I think really as on a daily basis, keeps that heart going, gets the mm-hmm. blood pumping, um, eating smart, and not just once a week, you know, er, almost every single day if you can. Maybe if you really want, give yourself a, a cheat day. But uh, every day, keeping that general health uh, diet is going to be very important for the long run. And uh, as we discussed before, managing your blood pressure, uh, getting healthy amounts of sleep, actually, is actually important as well. Yeah, sleep is more important than exercise, even. Absolutely. It's good for our body, our uh, Mm. our mental health as well. Immunity. And for anyone that smokes or vapes, really, this is now the time to quit. Mm -hmm. Both of those have an increased risk of having a stroke as well. And just... Talking to your doctor about your numbers, checking your cholesterol, again, your blood pressure, sugar levels, your uh, your weight, and talking to your doctor also about your family history. Um, yeah. it, it, does your mother, father, you know, uh, grandparents, siblings, have they all had a stroke? And if they have, then your risk of stroke is much higher than the general population. Yeah, and since you mentioned uh, illicit or, uh, uh, excuse me, recreational drugs such as uh, uh, smoking and vaping, uh, I'll mention alcohol because you mentioned AFib, and as we know, Alcohol increases your risk for uh, atrial fib- fibrillation, so uh, that's another reason to cut down mm-hmm. or completely eliminate alcohol out of your uh, out of your life. Now, let's uh, shift gears a bit uh, as far as risk factors. Since you uh, you've been in practice decades, and uh, you you were obviously practicing during COVID uh, during the pandemic, uh, what have you seen as far as uh, the consequences of having COVID, and uh, does that increase your uh, susceptibility to stroke? And what about people with long COVID? Are they more susceptible to strokes? I think stroke? a lot of the studies are still out there, but I think some of the early data does show that having had COVID um, it, it does put your body at more of a health risk for a lot of different things, and I think stroke mm-hmm. could be one of them. Um, I think in general, uh, long COVID, I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I haven't 
and no, the trend yet. Uh, I was still waiting on the research to come out. I think right now we're still kind of in the early stages, right? We're, we're just coming out of this pandemic, and we're, we're, we're going to see the long-term consequences as time goes on. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of studies for all types of different diseases mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to COVID, uh, patients who've had COVID, and those who are dealing with long COVID, and their risk factors for all types of various diseases out there. So I think time will tell, but yeah. there, may, there may be a relationship. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, now, I have an article here from, uh, it's a scientific uh, journal, and it said, for years, cardiologists, and this has to do, uh, because it's Mother's Day weekend, I thought I'd, I'd save it for today, because I knew I was having you on, uh, and, and the sex differences in cardiovascular disease, the more we look, the more differences we find. Uh, basically, for years, cardiologists were baffled by as to why up to half of women with classic symptoms of blocked vessels, uh, things like chest pain and shortness of breath and uh, abnormal uh, cardiac stress test turned out to have open arteries, uh, and they didn't understand it uh, according to the study. But now more doctors recognize that besides or that despite rather having open arteries, about half of women with this pattern nonetheless have ischemia, which is poor blood th- uh, flow through the heart. And the uh, the condition has actually gained a name. You've probably heard of it, the uh, INOCA, which is ischemia and no obstructive coronary artery disease. Uh, and that actually comprises about 25 to 30% of ischemic heart disease in women. Uh, now, uh, I won't get into the other details of the article, but uh, just as to conclude it, um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it, this is kind of a sad state of affairs as far as medicine goes. But um, they say, had we studied women 50 years ago, we wouldn't be in this situation. They say that just about everything we know about heart disease in women has been learned since the early 1990s when the National Institutes of Health began requiring that women be included in the studies it funds. Before that, most medical research was conducted on guys, whether it was male patients, male rats, male mice, monkeys, even male cells. And uh, unfortunately, like most gender gaps, that that gap is closing slowly. But uh, care to comment on this uh, in uh, the study? Yeah, I mean, that's that's amazing, the fact. I mean, um, I, I think it's times have changed, right? I mean, we need to include everyone. Of course. Of all, of all genders, races, you know, ethnicities. I think it's very important to understand us as people, as a culture, as a society, um, and how our risk factors, uh, you know, can ha- occur with heart attacks and stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can, if, you, if I don't mind, I, I can give some numbers, too. Sure, I know please. About, please do. Yeah one, of, yeah, one in five women between the ages of 55 and 75 will actually wind up having a stroke in their lifetime. And mm. if you look at the ethnicity among women, uh, black women actually have a higher prevalence of high blood pressure and stroke as well. And in Hawaii, the native Hawaiians actually have strokes that on average occur about 10 years earlier Ooh. than the state population. Oh, and on like average, and those, and those strokes tend to be more severe, actually. Oh, my goodness. And we're not exactly sure why these disparities are occurring. However, you know, the suspicion or theory is that exposure to risk factors at a maybe younger age during childhood could be factors as well. Um, and for women too, uh, high blood pressure during pregnancy, uh, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, and blood clots during pregnancy can all increase a woman's stroke risk as well, um, especially following pre- pregnancy condition. Wow, really? And I, and I read, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the on the population of Kauai, 70% of adults are on high blood pressure medication? I, I saw that statistic somewhere. Yeah, that that might be true. I I believe that is true. Yeah, um, that's amazing and, uh, because uh, amazing. Na- nationally, yeah. it's it's what fifty percent or forty percent, something like that. Yeah, about half of all adults uh, are living with high blood pressure. Yeah, 
Oh, boy, that's that's really astounding. Now, as far as, um, uh, well, the treatments, uh, obviously, you know, medication uh, to control it, but uh, what, what about other procedures or therapies, uh, obviously stress reduction therapy and uh, holistic types of things, uh, in, in addition to, you know, high-tech uh, treatments, uh, but uh, what what do you do as a as a physician? I mean, do you kind of are you eclectic? Where you know it's like whatever works <laughs> with that particular patient, as long as it does no harm, or do you follow the medical model and just you know here's here's your pres- prescription for high blood pressure medication and just give them general guidelines for everything else, or what's your protocol? Yeah, it's it's quite complicated, as you can imagine. Um, I think nowadays we have very strict protocols actually in place for hospitals across the system. So, I mean, if we can talk about stroke, uh, you know, if someone's having an you know an acute stroke, what's happening right now? Yeah. Again, as we mentioned before, you know, calling nine one one, doing the fast FAST, uh, getting to the hospital is extremely important because we have clot busting medications that we can give That's right. within a, within a certain time period. Uh, and the time period I think is three to four and a half hours, four and a half hours, depending on the scenario. Um, and if those patients uh, get further imaging evaluation, we can actually determine whether there's a clot in a specific area, and if, they're, if they qualify for a procedure called a me- mechanical thrombectomy, we can send them to the right doctor or facility that can actually go in there and actually extract the clot wow. um, using a mechanical device. Yeah, exactly, and that, that can really just you know, save a person's life. Uh, and in just general health, though, yes, you know, if person's having a stroke, we have various guidelines depending on how severe the stroke is and how long it's been going on for to determine whether they get, let's say, like an aspirin or a, a dual antiplatelet medication, uh, or even if they have, like you we talked about earlier, atrial fibrillation, mm-hmm. um, medications for like anticoagulation, like a blood thinner, to help really reduce the risk of stroke for patients. And, I- and go ahead, yeah. No, no, I was going to say, and, and uh, ambulance uh, 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 or paramedics have that on on their um, in their vehicles. I mean, uh, if if they know it's no. a person having a stroke, or do they alert the hospital that yeah, they're they taking the, the patient to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. So once they uh, once the paramedics get the patient into the ambulance, they can obviously measure uh, their blood pressure. I mm-hmm. think they can evaluate the heart rhythms of all, uh, and basically just do an overall assessment of the patient yeah, to see what right. kind of stroke they're having. And depending on how severe or non-severe it is, you know, they can send the patient to the appropriate facility for treatment. So really, 911, um, when in doubt, call 911 and then have the professionals uh, uh, evaluate this further. Yeah, good advice indeed. Now, uh, if somebody is having a stroke, it's not like somebody having a heart attack or cardiac arrest where you you can administer CPR or a, a defibrillator, but uh, what what else can people do other than calling nine one one? Anything? Actually, yeah. Um, so uh, calling nine one one obviously very important, but it's actually really important too to note uh, when the symptoms started because when the patient gets to the hospital, they need to determine how long the symptoms have been going on for mm. to determine what kind of treatment oh, or right. which path to take in terms of the treatment. Um, and so noting exactly, uh, let's say you, it's your it's your mother or father uh, and note that, oh, they went to sleep at uh, 10 p.m. They woke up at 5 in the morning, had breakfast, and all of a sudden after breakfast they had, you know, right-sided facial drew, arm weakness, speech difficulty. Mm. Uh, that time of onset would be, you know, around you know, five in the morning, right? Rather than 10 p.m. last night. So knowing that exact 
time would be very helpful for the doctors. So whenever a stroke happens, look at your watch uh, and just try to think about, oh, when was the last time your family member or friend or whoever is in front of you, uh, when was their last known well time? That's what we uh, know. Oh, that's good. Last known well time. I like that. Okay. Uh, Dr. Liu, we need to take one last break of the hour and uh, keep the lights on here. And when we come back, I want to ask you about screening, if we can screen for a stroke. Uh, You know, I know that uh, you've heard this week's medical announcement of breast cancer screening where they're now recommending uh, mammograms at 40 versus 50 as the same thing or similar guidelines uh, for screening in cardiovascular disease as well Uh, what about that stress tests ekgs etc and then we'll get into other preventative measures as well as knowing your numbers Uh, dr louis is going to know or uh, get into detail the four numbers you must know to help prevent stroke and uh, actually maintain better health and longevity. So back after this with more information for your good health here on Dr. Health. I'm David Snow. Stick around if you want to stay healthy. Dr. Health Radio returns right after this. When choosing a food supplement, what's most important to you? If you said safe, effective, contaminant-free, and non-GMO, 100% of the population agrees with you. So out of the thousands of brands out there, which one do you choose? Natural Factors is the healthiest choice. For over 60 years, family-owned Natural Factors has been committed to the quality of their products, excellence in science and education, and caring for people and planet. And with over 900,000 square feet of manufacturing, Natural Factors is big enough to do it right. They are also one of the only companies to do it all. With their own certified organic farms, over 2,000 acres, their own extraction, encapsulation, laboratory and research facilities, plus a vast network of academic and scientific experts. From farm to shelf, you can trust Natural Factors to bring you the best food supplements available anywhere. And they're available at your nearest natural food store or go to naturalfactors.com. Sorry, yogurt. Although you're high in calcium and protein, in the real world of potent probiotics, uh, let's just say you're not that potent. While many consume you thinking they're getting enough probiotic bacteria for good gut health, the fact is, you yogurts can't compete with the medical strength probiotic like Theralac. Plus, you yogurts, well, most of you, have so much sugar and other ingredients that it defeats the purpose of eating you in the first place. So while we'll always be fond of you and other fermented foods, we want to make sure our listeners also take a potent probiotic like Theralac. That's because just one capsule of Theralac is equal to more than 200 cartons of yogurt in the beneficial bacteria that it delivers to the gut. And if your doctor advises you to just eat some yogurt after a course of antibiotics, without a strong probiotic like Theralac, it can take up to two years to reestablish your healthy gut flora. Look for Theralac in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store or go to Theralac.com. Want to get at the core issues that make weight loss so difficult? Try PGX from Natural Factors. This revolutionary product is clinically shown to help people achieve their ideal body weight in a safe, natural way. PGX helps you feel full for hours, dramatically reduces the glycemic index of any food, and improves the action of insulin. If you've ever tried to lose weight and failed, you need the tremendous support of PGX. Learn more at PGX.com. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Health is the cure for the common radio show, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in and making us a part of your weekend. David Snow on your radio. Uh, here's a touching story that has to do with our topic of discussion today. 
Her boyfriend, Dean, had a stroke at age 47. He needed therapy to use his arm and leg again. He was tired and depressed, but she encouraged him. One day, he stumbled while they walked down the hallway. She helped him uh, straighten up, and uh, they continued. He sagged again, but she wouldn't let him fall. The more he seemed to be sliding down, the more she resolved to help him. Finally, he said, Will you please stop holding me up? I'm trying to get down on one knee to ask you to marry me. (laughs) They've been married for 11 years. Isn't that touching, Dr. Louie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, but uh, hopefully it'll never uh, come to that, to where people can get down on a knee to ask for marriage without uh, having had a stroke. Anyway, uh, continuing our conversation on stroke with Dr. Michael Louie, uh, with this uh, week's uh, announcement, as I mentioned before the break, of uh, you know breast cancer screening, uh, now they're recommending it be a decade earlier for women uh, than, than it is now. Uh, what kind of screening can, is there any kind of screening for stroke as far as, you know, there's, for heart disease, for instance, or cardiovascular health, uh, EKGs and stress tests and the like, uh, what is there to, uh, you know, kind of detect uh, to see if you are uh, on the verge of, or, you know, one year from a stroke or five years, or is there anything, any good accurate indicators, uh, medically speaking? Yeah, there is. Um, and uh, if you, if I could, um, you, you know, you mentioned the age of that patient. I know it was a, I yeah. think it was a, sort of a joke. Four, that, 47, but... yeah. Yeah, 47, but, you know, I, I really think it's important to talk about just some, a couple of numbers here because uh, just understand the global picture of how stroke is. Um, you know, strokes can really happen to anyone at any age. And That's in right. fact, mm-hmm. globally, about one in four adults over the age of 25 will have a stroke in their lifetime. Whoa. That's how common it is. Right, and nice. in, Ho- in, in Hawaii, it's the third leading cause of death and the leading cause of major disability. Right, and right. if you just Look at the U.S. as a whole. Approximately 800,000 people in the U.S. suffer a stroke every year. So it just shows you uh, how common this, uh, you know, disease is, mm-hmm. and uh, and how many people get affected again at any age. Um, and and answer to your question, um, it, I think really the the key thing to start is to talk to your primary care provider or PCP or um, and getting the general evaluation going because as we talked about earlier as well, you know, your blood pressure, cholesterol. Uh, checking your sugar levels, your weight, right. yeah. uh, smoking, family history, all that really starts with your PCP. You know, they, they go over all those with you and mm-hmm. they're going to look at your general risk factors for having a stroke. And let's say you've had a stroke or a TIA, um, then maybe talking to a neurologist then and asking their, your risk factors with them to see what additional risk factors do I have moving forward after having a stroke. And mm-hmm. they can look at your imaging studies. Um, you know, we do have maybe patients uh, see a cardiologist or at least get an EKG to check their heart rhythms and uh, looking at their brain scans, uh, the, the we can actually see all the blood vessels, all the piping systems within the brain as well with certain imaging studies. And depending on how many clots we see in those areas, that can tell us, oh, what's your potential risk factor for having another stroke as well. So putting this all together, seeing your doctors, I think just getting your foot into the door is the most important thing. All right. And getting your foot out the door, too, to exercise not only this weekend, but every day. Sure. Yeah, yeah. of course. And, and uh, referring back to this uh, article that I mentioned earlier, Dr. Louis, about uh, what ails a woman's heart, uh, they actually uh, mentioned that both types of, uh, you know, and both genders, 
uh, in the U.S. Uh, disease, uh, the cardiovascular disease is rising because the population is getting older, fatter, and more diabetic, as you mentioned as well. Uh, so again, back to lifestyle medicine being so important. And that is a good segue to ask you about knowing your numbers, the four key numbers to know. Let's go over them, one, two, three, four. Yeah, so number one is checking your total cholesterol. Uh, number two, checking your blood pressure, as we've mentioned many times. Number mm-hmm. three, your blood sugar levels, especially if you have diabetes. And the number four is your weight or BMI. There's also a body mass index. Mm-hmm. And these four numbers are going to really be important to determining your risk factors for stroke and other heart diseases. All right. Now, um, as far as um, lifestyle routines, do you put your patients on a, an exercise routine of any kind, or do you give them dietary guidelines or refer them to a dietitian or uh, what is uh, what is your guideline there as far as uh, lifestyle habits to uh, get in line for uh, for patients that you know don't currently practice them Sure. Yeah. And this is where um, I think uh, each individual neurologist or doctor has their own philosophies. Uh, for me personally, I ask my patients uh, on a daily basis, at least 20, 30 minutes a day, get out there or in the home, uh, just exercise, get that heart pumping. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to sweat a little bit. And I think that's the really important thing to get that heart right. pumping, get the blood flow to the brain uh, and, to, you know, and allowing that body just to kind of get a light workout for at least on a daily basis. Um, and, Eating healthy, I tell patients, you know, lean meats, green leafy vegetables. Um, some patients are always worried, ah, oh, if I do that, then I can't, I miss my steak or I miss McDonald's or I miss, you know, those other kind of food that they, they love to eat. And uh, my personal motto is maybe give yourself like a, like a cheat day, you know, <laughs> once in a while, because I think life is too short. You have to once in a while enjoy some foods that you love to eat. So don't punish yourself on a daily basis the rest of your life. Um, it, the key thing is overall, this is a marathon, right? This is a really long marathon. I want mm-hmm. to general health for the long run. And so, you know, generally changing your diets and, and your exercise and routines. And uh, if you do it on a regular basis, once in a while, eating a little something is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when it comes to, you know, smoking and vaping, that's an absolute no-no. And drinking as well, if, if possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those things are just you know, bad for the body, the heart, the lungs, the organs, the liver, uh, the brain. And so I, for those, I say you, you got to keep those uh, yeah. away from, you know, your body. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so basically you're saying the 80-20 rule or the 90-10 rule, you know, uh, 10 or 20% of the time. The problem is people have it uh, <laughs> the other way around and then 80 or 90% of the time they're not doing what they should right. be doing and they, they only uh, make an effort 10 to 20% of the time. By the way, you mentioned, uh, you know, calories and and um, consuming less uh, food and, and more exercise. Uh, do you know what day of the week people consume the most calories? I don't. It's today, Saturday. About three, oh. I think it's 300, 350 calories more per, per, uh, uh, on a Saturday than they consume at other days of the week. Hey, Duck, we're out of time. Is there a website? I think it's uh, stroke.org. Is that it for the um, American Stroke Association? Yeah, if you want to get more information, go to stroke.org, front slash stroke month. All right. Thanks so much, Dr. Michael Louie, for being with us. Appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Next week, ways to prevent a sneezy spring, avoiding those and minimizing those spring and summer allergies and respiratory illness, plus all of our regular features next week. I'm David Snow. Thank you for joining us. Join us again next week, same time, same station, for another edition of the program. Until then, remember, it's not how long you live, it's how you live long. Aloha. Have a healthy week. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.